Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. And I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who read, readers who write, and, and everyone, everyone who, who loves, loves words. All right, so today we are going to be talking about duologies. We talked a little while ago about series or like longer series that go beyond three books. And today we're going to talk about those series that just stay to two books. And these are my favorite. Yes. <laughs> I am obsessed with duologies lately. I love it. They're just beautiful. I, I love them too. And I've been trying to like sit down and figure out the why of it because the plot's so perfect yes (laughs) you get like midpoints are always a high you know like a big dramatic moment and then the climax is a big dramatic moment and with the duology over the course of the whole thing you get your climax of book one being the midpoint of the whole story and then your climax of book two being the climax of the whole thing and so they have just such a nice continuity and a smooth story you know like when you have three books a trilogy which we'll talk about next week so but um but then you have a much harder structure because your book two is all, I mean, your book, yeah, your book two yeah. is all act two and it, act two suck. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's in a one so single book, right. you just have so much less time to develop things. So I think duologies are kind of, they're just perfect because yes. you get that perfect structure. You get the time to explore things, but not so much time where you end up having lags or like things dragging. I like them. Yes, <laughs> me too. And I, I do think that they, they absolutely lean into the most exciting parts to a book. Yes. Like you don't have to sit awkwardly. Yeah. And I, I there's something about that of like understanding where your reader is sitting with these different things. Yeah. That I think is so useful, interesting. And do you mind if I bring up one of our favorites? Yeah. Um, so we I think Talking about Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom is just, it's a great, it's a great example of the form. Absolutely. That leans into like all the best things I think that duologies have to offer. Yeah. And, and two satisfying. Yeah, books in their own. Yeah. Like, but also so satisfying together. Absolutely. I mean, the beginnings, the openings are great. The, when we get through the strings of the first story, we get a really decent ending to something that if we cut it at a certain yeah. point, it would be a wonderful standalone. Yeah. And then we just get past that point into the mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like cliffhanger <laughs> of like having a character who like it's like his one weakness is mm-hmm. then exploited. And that's yeah. like his entire story is all about hiding those yes. weaknesses and pretending that he has none. Yes. And there's just something so wonderfully delicious about that, but mm-hmm. also about the the character experiencing what it is she experiences yeah. too. I will do spoilers. So spoiler <laughs> alert for this series. Inej being captured, yes. I think, like, we have so many of the character's greatest fears coming to fruition. Yes. And to be able to do that, but also have a satisfying wrap-up to the what happened before it. Yes. Like, a twist that all of a sudden goes kind of a little crazy on you, where all of a sudden you have a character reveal of uncertainty of whether you can trust this yeah. character or not um who is a character you love <laughs> yeah i just think that there's so much 
there obviously she does dual Mm -hmm. perspectives which allows for that richness of story but i just think that she hits her marks yes so well yes uh it that whole duology is just like you know we've talked about this six of crows is my like this is a perfect book i there are very few books that i would say are perfect but that one and the duology as a whole too it's the same thing we've talked before about midpoints and how midpoints like a good midpoint often has a new reveal or a twist and i think that's the other thing that makes duologies work so well is that ending of book one is this midpoint and when it works what when these stories work best is when that ending of book one has some twist, just yes. like a midpoint would, or has some change in direction or some reveal that you weren't expecting. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's almost also the, you get what you want often. Yeah. yeah. So something that you've been fearing, hoping for, usually you like get this great thing. Yes. And then all of a sudden and then it's there's like, like a- <laughs> <laughs> yes. which I, it's crazy to say that that's so satisfying, but it, it is. absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And I have seen some where they just give you a twist. Yeah. They don't give you that like satisfactory, yeah. cathartic moment. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have that, like, <sighs> the breathe yes. down of that moment, and then it all happens, and you have this crazy thing that comes out of the side, that you're like, wait, wait. And then it totally forces you to sit with all of that, both the good and the difficult and the, like, being in worse situation than you were, like, before even sometimes. It's so wonderful and horrible, but it it works in this, like, driving you into the next story. Yes. And that's what you want as writers, right? You want readers to pick up the next book. And these... I think the structure of a duology works really well for that. Yes. Um, I like that you pointed out, though, that it's it works best when there is a little bit of satisfaction. <laughs> because you kind of have to... I mean, this is true with any sort of... I mean, this is true with a, a trilogy, too, but it's, I think it's especially yeah. true with the duology. You want each book to have its own complete story, yes. but also this overarching story. And duologies give you a really nice way to do that because of the structure, like we mentioned. But you do want... A little bit of satisfaction for, yes. for the readers. And I mean, if you look at some of, I mean, a lot of plot structures talk about like act, like from act one through the beginning of act two to that midpoint is kind of the character trying to get something um, their own way. And then, yes. and it can be really satisfying in a duology when they get that, but then they find out it's not quite what they yes. want. That's your midpoint twist essentially in the, in the course of the whole story. And then they have to try a different way and yes. they have to like figure out what they really need in, in the second book. Um, I love that kind of also the broadening of the desire or the want because it is interesting to see, we don't always see this, right? Mm -hmm. Someone got the thing that they've been chasing the entire time and then realize that it's incomplete Mm -hmm. or that... Or get it taken away at the last moment. Or Or that it was conditional. Like it required something else to be a part of it, which actually meant more than the thing that they were going after. Like again with Six of Crows, Mm -hmm. when you succeed in the heist, like the goal of the the mission, but then you lose something that is far more of a loss than Mm -hmm. was gained by the heist. And... And even having that either incomplete or part of that end up turning out a different way than you had 
hoped yeah. or you lose something. I think um, Hafsa Faisal's um, I Hunt just, the Flame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mentioned that one and um, The Rose and the Dagger. Yes. There were other ones that kind of came to mind of like yes. getting the thing and then losing it. Yes. Well, and what's so great about We Hunt the Flame, mm-hmm. there are so many little wins that you've yeah. been hoping for the entire time. And it is a another complex story with multiple mm-hmm. characters. And there are like these little moments where you're like, yes, and then someone says something and you're like, no, <laughs> you idiot. Um, but that's, it's so great. Mm-hmm. Like, and then as they're sitting with winning, right. they've lost something that's catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And then right at the very end, you find out a piece of information that you're like, wait, what? Like, there's a character who has a reveal of who this character actually is that then calls into question everything that they've that you been know doing. Already, yeah. And one is a character that you like love. Like you can't <laughs> help but love them. And you have to just sit awkwardly for as you wait a very long time for book two to <laughs> sorry i i love Hafsa Faisal and she's worth waiting for but it's it's hard to like sit there I with know. that that sense of loss but also that sense of uncertainty mm-hmm. of what were these this character's yeah. motivations and i think that there's even the the rose and the dagger what's great is it's this absolute upheaval of fortune yes where you have one part of the story like come to two characters come to this moment of perfect understanding and then like the the earthquake happens completely tears everything apart Mm -hmm. and even there's like lines that are drawn and all the lines change like it's forced to happen so there's all these even geographical obstacles yeah. that all of a sudden like mountains rise up. I mean, not literally, but <laughs> yeah, even like from a distance perspective, there's so much there that all of a sudden the plane field, yes, the topography of the story changes so completely. And I just, I mean, one read The Wrath and the Dawn and The Rose and the Dagger because it's beautiful and like it's sumptuous but having that through line that at that midpoint it just completely throws you for a loop everything that you thought was going to happen it may have happened and then all of a sudden (laughs) you're like but no like there's all these things and the other great thing about these stories is they are written to be companions of each other. Yes. Like, absolutely. The meaning translates. It's not that this was a standalone with a sequel. It's yeah. that these these are companion stories that are meant yes. to go together. Both there's strings of the first story that conclude, there's strings of the second story that conclude, but there's also this overarching yes. long arc of yeah. a story that goes from beginning to end yeah. and it all has that kind of innate interwoven meaning yeah, that continuity and absolutely yeah yeah and that makes them so satisfying <laughs> like, yeah that's i was reading something and i i actually was re as i was prepping for trilogies this came up but i think that this 
plays into this too that meaning produces emotion Mm. that when things actually have weight Mm -hmm. to them Mm -hmm. when we assign that weight to them they have they pay off in an emotionally satisfying way Mm -hmm. and i think the wrath and the dawn and the rose and the dagger does that beautifully when you compare certain scenes especially the opening scene and like the image in in your mind from that scene Mm -hmm. and the like right before the very very end image those contrast with each other but they also hit hard against each other and something shifts into place new understanding is created but it's all of those things working Together. Over the course of the story to get to that moment. Yeah. That it builds and builds and builds and builds. You have characters that are changing dynamically. And especially yeah. a character, spoiler again, um, who's gone so far from who he was at the beginning, yeah. who then is almost forced back into reality. Yes. And and an understanding of how and what he has become. Yeah. And having to make a choice Mm -hmm. I just think those images of what is created and what Mm -hmm. happens it can't be done without having that forethought I think yeah that knowingness and I don't know that you could do that either without um that space like in a standalone I don't know that you could get that kind of depth of character development or kind of test the change on the character like, because that's really, like, what's happening. His change yes. gets tested, and he has to, like, then choose. Yes. Um, and that would be really hard in a standalone, I think. Absolutely. And a lot of the duologies that we were talking about actually has decent cast of characters. Yeah. And I think there's something so satisfactory of having the space mm-hmm. to not have a bunch of cardboard characters, to have dynamic change across these groups Um, and and that's actually I think one of the reasons why it works so well Mm -hmm. a a slightly larger story with this still small cast it's not like we have 20 people right? but it gives them the space to really get everyone into different places from where they begin and the care that's taken with them Six of Crows to mm-hmm. Crooked Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You can plot the different characters. I mean, there's a reason why everyone loves the Crows as a group yes. because each character is so strong. Yeah. Even though some of them are soft. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you have strength yes. of flavor of character yes. that then allows for dynamic shifting. I. Mm-hmm. I love, and I'm going to, again, spoiler, I think Matthias is actually one of those characters that there's something there. And Mm -hmm. it's funny how, like, even with the TV series, people are so obsessed with his character and what happens and what happens with... Dang it. (laughs) I just lost her name. I was just thinking I was going to try to help you and I don't remember either. Just a sec. Just a sec. Is there with an N? Nina, thank you. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. We get there together. And even, they aren't given a lot of screen time. But you even watch like the fan vids of their like arc together. Mm -hmm. One, obviously contrast is great and we love it. But 
to see where they come from and even the crux of the end of the first mm. book Six of Crows is all about like what will Matthias choose mm-hmm. because he is completely like forced to be there (laughs) he is not choosing this he is the one who's basically being forced into this situation and you don't know yeah which allegiance will play out yeah and i love i love how much they play into that uncertainty Mm -hmm. and then we get so much beautiful dynamic growth and she stabs our heart out at the end yeah. of Crooked Kingdom. But it works because yeah. we love yeah. where he's come from and it actually works in a satisfying way yeah. because I think it's actually a beautiful end to where where he started. Yes. <laughs> like you then think of the image of that first interaction with them when mm. she is on the ship. Mm-hmm. And she is bound in chains. And he actually is the one who helped bring her mm-hmm. um, to that ship to kind of then just completely be in this sacrificial place yeah. for those that same person. It's, it is beautiful, beautiful, like, subversion of what we yeah. expect. Beautiful, mm-hmm. like, coming full circle, mm-hmm. but being completely opposite like that mirror image of what we begin with yeah i think with the duologies the ones that pay attention to those things to where do we start where do we get halfway like what is a halfway point like what is halfway to whatever we're trying to accomplish yeah even you know again sitting with there's this beautiful point in the wrath and the dawn where like this letter is shared and it's mm-hmm. not shared with the person it's written to mm-hmm. but it's kind of being proclaimed yeah um there's just something about a character who holds so much so close yeah to like have that vulnerability out there it's just a beautiful from the beginning where it's just closed offness yeah. seeing that difference is huge yes I totally agree. Well, and I think that that, I think it speaks to something like, I mean, we've talked before about how it can be powerful to know where you're going. And I think with duologies too, because there is, um, you have kind of these, this full arc to play with over the course of the whole thing, as well as these individual arcs. It feels like it, it feels particularly important to know where you're going. Um, and I would be really curious to talk to some of these authors and know like whether they, knew that or not whether they wrote both together or not i know i mean we talked with Mm -hmm. katie steen stein recently about her duology and how she's writing them both together um kind of against the typical advice because the typical advice is to you know sell the first book before you write the next one but i think in duologies in particular Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense to me to kind of write them together because they are you really are telling one story yes um even more so i think than in a a trilogy necessarily or a longer series because in those longer series you have to play with there's a lot more threads you have to play with and you kind of need each book to hold its own a little bit more maybe if that makes sense absolutely whereas i feel like in a duology you need the books together to hold their own yes um and a really strong duology will tie in and have those mirrors like you were talking about and where they end and where they start and and all of that and it's hard to do that 
um, without kind of having some sense of yes. the whole scope of the story, I think. I think so, too. And it is possible, I think, to reverse engineer yeah. into it. Yeah. But as we were talking to Katie, um, you're locked in. Like, the second you've Once it's finished published, that, yeah. you can't. You can't make any changes. Right. So say that you all of a sudden figure out something mm-hmm. that this is the perfect thing and actually I should have started here. Yeah. Like, there's no more play that you can do. Yeah. And I I agree that it is it is kind of this, if we want to call it a bit of a saga, because mm-hmm. I think often they have the feel of a saga, yeah. that it does have to speak to to each other yeah. and it does have to have some cohesiveness even yeah. I think in length I mm. think in potentially yeah. in what we expect from one we kind of even though expect the story continues on, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> continues on if we get something that's abruptly mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. or even that's sizably different yeah it's really quite jarring I think as a reader because yeah. you are expecting something that is cohesive that kind of has a similar scope that feels like it's the end portion of what's yeah. been created before. And it's interesting, um, with Hafsa Faisal's um, We Hunt the Flame and We Free yeah. the Stars, she actually said that the second book almost killed her, like trying yeah. to get it out. And it was pushed back several times. It right. ended up being a lot longer than the other. And we obviously love We Hunt the Flame. Sure. I enjoyed very much reading We Free the Stars, but I can get how, as she was writing it, yeah. getting it to completion, doing it that way seemed to be yeah. a challenge. It does make you wonder if it would yeah. have been easier for her to do them both To write together, them both. Like, that, yeah, absolutely. where you could still change the beginning of their first one. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the writing process for any of these others. Um, I'm not sure if they've even talked about it, yeah. but what I... I think learning the lessons from, yeah. as you see other authors kind of yeah. go through the process and you're like, like, oh, don't do this. Yeah. Like, it's so nice to kind of feel that and be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's a way to kind of avoid that being behind the yeah. eight ball and having to create something that maybe if you had done them together might have been yeah. a little bit easier to kind of do some give and take, to yeah. do some pulling back and forth yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, and I think the reason we're not we're given the advice to avoid that and to mm-hmm. just write the first one first and sell it is mainly just a time issue, right? Like, yeah. it's kind of if you spend yeah. time writing that book too, then you aren't spending time writing something else that yes. might sell. But I don't know. Most authors I talk to in this day and age, like, are fairly open to self-publishing or are yeah. kind of like looking to sell maybe, but not yeah. sure if they will. And I and I think that changes some of this too yes. because I think if you're willing to self-publish, yes, then write both books because yes. you're not wasting time. <laughs> you're gonna put them both out if they don't get picked yes. up. You know, like absolutely, you don't yeah. need a gatekeeper to tell you that this is. Yes. You know, this is good enough, good to, enough to continue and write the next yeah. one. Yeah. And that's you get to choose for yourself yeah. if it's something that you want to put out into the world. Yeah. I, I think also, yeah. like, there's no waste of time with writing a yes. story. Like, I think we learn from every story we write. So sometimes it can have a lot of benefit to try that, to write both yes. and see what it feels like to write a longer story and a story yes. with a bigger scope. Uh, and also being able to write it to the end. Like, yes. being able to begin something. Mm-hmm go through that middle, midpoint, whatever that looks like for this story, and then bring it to a satisfying conclusion and feeling what that feels like. Because 
I do think sometimes like we we can be very good at starting things. Yes, <laughs> but I think I think it is part of Pixar's rules is yeah. endings are difficult, yeah. so get it working. And I think that there's something good about figuring out what that ending is, wherever yeah. it is in the process that you figure it out, and then actually making it mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. making it try to make it feel as satisfying as possible, yeah. have it kind of reflect back on yes. the first part of the story, pay attention to those things, and kind of bringing that into something that is satisfying, that actually brings a story to completion, mm-hmm. rather than keeping it open-ended yes. indefinitely. Yes. Yeah, I will unlocking yourself in with yeah. that first one. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we love duologies. We hope that you read them. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot more of them coming out, yes. too, which makes me excited because I want to see more of these. It, it's been huge. And I, yeah, I, I feel like for a while it was all trilogies. Everything you saw was trilogies. And I, and now it's changing and I'm loving that. I secretly think it's also investment of time, like, yeah, <laughs> which I think totally. is really valid. Yeah, valid as well. Yeah. All right. Well, keep reading and writing and putting your work out into the world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review that helps other people find us. Thanks for joining us.